0: everyone to episode 44 of the slow spin society podcast here i'm rob your usual co-host and with me as usual is
1: me it's me <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, um, What's up, guys? I, just put a spin on, I put my own spin on it there and today we have the wonderful derek from vector bikes in melbourne hello derek
2: yo hey everyone so nice to be with you paul and rob um yeah, thanks for, across the globe. Yeah, thanks for coming on today, end. yeah. Yeah,
1: Sick. absolutely.
0: And as usual, you can hear more about us chatting about COVID, about uh, nightlife in Berlin, about Paul's update of Japan borders closing, sadly. A um, bit about riding in Melbourne. Quite an interesting uh, pre-show today, actually, if you guys want to have a listen. Then you should listen to the pre show. You can access the extended conversation at patreon.com forward slash social society podcast or by subscribing directly to Apple Podcast. But more about that later. Again, Derek, welcome to the show. Uh, for the ones that don't know you, can you tell us a bit more about yourself and how you got into fixed gear?
2: Wow, that is a very vague question, but <laughs> I guess. <laughs> My name's Derek i live in melbourne australia um i'm a bike mechanic i work in a bike store i run a couple of companies one of them's vector um i don't subscribe to any one discipline but i think we can all say fixed gears are pretty awesome so um yeah and that's the uh that's the discipline that really got me into cycling um you know for the most part so yeah um I've been riding fixed gear for about eight years. Um, Yeah, and I've just launched a new company in the last uh, year or so called Vector. Uh, We're doing some um, nice alloy track frames. And yeah, it's the first sort of company of its type here in Melbourne. So pretty stoked to be a part of it
0: amazing. What's the general vibe for fixed gear in Melbourne? I mean, how many riders? What kind of what do you get from it? Is it is it a good group of people? Night rides, uh meetups, what do you guys get up to?
2: Yeah, so good question. Um so Melbourne's uh you know it's a pretty big city uh and cycling's quite popular here, so fixed gear in general is competing with a lot of different disciplines. Um, we've got a big road cycling scene and a big CX scene and mountain biking as well. But Mm. yeah, we've, you know, it's, it's a pretty, uh, rich scene. It's been going on for a really long time. Um, it's, you know, it kind of ebbs and flows, but at the moment we have a pretty solid little crew. Um, uh, I I've been doing the forever two wheels crew and promoting rides and events, um, for a number of years, but kind of passed the baton on to uh, Q at Burns Brigade and um, some of the other guys associated with that have been doing a really good job. And there's Mm -hmm. 306.5 Dirt Bags, which also do some little meetups and events and track lacrosse stuff. So, yeah, there's a pretty good diverse group of people. Um, It gets, obviously, you know, a little bit more busy through the summertime Um, Mm -hmm. and, yeah. We've got some fixed gear crits as well. Like it's kind of dwindled out now because of all of the lockdowns and stuff that we've had here. But um, I'm hoping to see the um, Australian national championships have a fixed gear category um, next year in January, which I'm going to try and uh, take back my national championship title again. So, yeah. Can you uh, tell me a bit more about Vector Bikes
0: and how did it start what were you thinking did you uh, wh- what made you want to do open or start a brand and um, how did it come about yeah because it's, it's a great looking frame it's well designed i love the branding of the photography the designs the graphics on the frames are really on point I, your shop is literally full of everything that you need it's a really good setup you've got the website looks great i mean you must have worked your ass off to get all of this done how's how's the experience been
2: yeah so i mean as some of you know like i did the forever two wheels crew stuff for a number of years and so i've run a small web store selling some t-shirts merch hats Mm -hmm. straps and stickers and things like that and i've always really wanted to expand that and you know kind of uh, provide an all-in-one all in, all in one or an all-inclusive service um, creating custom fixed gears and just really kind of trying to build the supply of fixed gear componentry here uh, in Melbourne because um, I think that's the hardest thing we're so isolated out here and it's hard to mm. get people hyped on something that's so difficult to get um, I mean we, we've literally seen like maybe two screams and I only seen one of the new Dawson event is here uh, and yeah so it's it's pretty it's pretty rare and um there's actually a really rich track cycling history and a really rich track cycling scene here as well so um i really wanted to you know provide a product that was going to enable more riders to get into the sport and just to show people how accessible our velodromes are because we've got some really cool clubs associated with outdoor and indoor velodrome racing, uh, here in Melbourne. I think we've got about 10 active tracks and, um, yeah, so I kind of wanted to design a product that was going to be able to, um, hit both markets. Um, I wasn't necessarily going to be the most aggressive crit type frame. Um, it's designed to be comfortable. It's designed to be stable. Um, and, yeah but you know as i start to develop the company more um i'm sure that i'm going to shift my uh attention to more specific track and crit frames mm. as well so okay i'm looking forward to that
1: yeah
0: i'm looking forward to uh seeing a vector in real life <laughs> so yeah
1: <laughs> yes i'm here yeah
0: so is your main market um you're obviously Australia you' you're, you're you're not really looking I mean you would sell abroad I guess but you you mainly with the business model in mind was to supply Australia with a, a local brand of good quality fixed gear bikes and components
2: yeah exactly so I mean it's always um you know it's always nice to sell products to the broader market but I think mm-hmm. a lot of the um scenes around the world are pretty saturated um and like we we don't have an in-house brand here um we don't have a really good um community-based fixed gear shop that knows what they're doing and that is engaging with the community uh here in uh, in melbourne so mm-hmm. i wanted to sort of fill that void and i really wanted to provide a product that was gonna um, be able to get more people into the sport um so It was really a long-term decision and a long-term investment Mm -hmm. to to be able to build something that I love. And I really want to see it grow here. I want to see people doing tricks. I want to see people mashing Mm -hmm. around and having a good time. Um, And ultimately, like, I really want to um, enable self-sufficiency and enable people to move more freely uh, between networks of friends and and family and things like Mm -hmm. that and just Mm -hmm. enhance people's lifestyles because I think people aren't yet um exposed to the um, the joys of urban cycling like they have been yeah. in countries like paris uh you know in london in berlin uh mm-hmm. even in uh, in italy and things like that as well so i'm really hoping that people are going to catch on to it and and yeah i'm sure, I'm sure. did
0: did you ever think about um Selling it through FTW, like that being the brand of bike, because that was such such a big brand for me in terms of you. I mean, yeah, you're Melbourne, you're Australian based, and you such a big crew and such a big following for a long time. And one thing before you answer that question, Derek, are you clicking a pen?
2: Ah, um, actually, I am. So I will stop that nervousness. As <laughs> thank, <say>. you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank <laughs> you, thank you. Um. Yeah, good question. I I mean, like I've been doing Forever Two Worlds crew for so long. Um, and when did you start it? By the way, it, it's it started in 2014 um, back in Perth. Oh wow! Um, and I, I used to run a I used to run a weekly ride, and it got really big. Actually, mm-hmm. we'd have 20 to 30 riders there every week. Um, I can't even do that in Melbourne, and we have double the population. So um, it just goes <laughs> to show that people in Perth are really hungry for for new things and uh, i i think it will grow here like over time um and when you do kind of build those consistent rides up people will probably come but i mean ultimately it was a community-based project um mm-hmm. and i didn't really want to like create a full brand that profiteered from um the community uh, interaction yeah um, mm-hmm. and so i wanted yeah. to separate i really wanted to separate the two um And I wanted to push uh, a new brand because I just thought that overall the branding would um, be uh, more diverse um, and would allow, um, you know, new products to continually be developed. Whereas FTW Crew is quite edgy um, and... um, it the meaning of it doesn't really tie in with like my ethos around the company so i kind of Mm. wanted to develop something new and also the creative process of developing something from the ground up um has been super super fun and really really hard hard work but like the payoff's been great so yeah
1: about Um, that by the way um on your about is page. Um, there's one sentence that I thought was really really cool was um, "In uh, It is our dream to enable more people to understand the freedom of riding the simplicity of the fixed gear bike And to teach a knowledge that must not be forgotten And I am totally on board with that when I uh, see new riders and uh, people that get into fixed gear I feel it's really, really important to that. Those people know what happened before and how deep the face gear iceberg can, can be right. Um, like we have thousands and thousands of years of um, culture and, and yeah, I feel it's like um, that knowledge that most, now I'll be forgotten in something that is um, really important, at least to me. Mm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. It's a, nice, it's a nice sentence.
2: Oh, well, thanks guys. And like, I think I could try to embody a lot of my own thoughts and sort of philosophical ideologies around why I write and, and, and how that's actually affected my lifestyle. And, um, you know, I had a pretty hard upbringing and, um i guess bikes have been a really uh important outlet for me in terms of developing my character and um it has enhanced my lifestyle and 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 the people that i've met through bikes and the people that i've seen um getting in, into the sport and 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 enjoying it so much um ha- has been you know really special and uh yeah and i just think that as much as bikes can be just a tool. Um, I think that there's a lot of room for, uh, a, a more artistic approach to it. And I think that's mm-hmm. sort of what fixed gear encapsulates, uh, in some regard, like it's always been very custom and, um, you know, and it's, it's also easy to custom customize. Yeah. And it's also, you know, um, uh, pretty simple for people getting into it. And, and I think, we take for granted like even just us three how much we know about bike mechanics and how to put a bike together and mm-hmm. um, all those basic skills but for new kids like 17 and 18 and stuff that might not have been exposed to cycling at all um getting a fixed gear and putting that together is just such a big deal and I think you can teach <sighs> yeah. fundamental skills uh, to people about um you know the way that uh, um, a bike works mechanically and can be quite, yeah. quite, quite, yeah, quite an enjoyable process and, and quite rewarding. So yeah, I'm trying to push that, and I hope to work more on that aspect of Vector, um, making potentially more tutorials and uh, how tos mm-hmm. and and things like that. And I have plans to develop the YouTube channel a little bit more on in, in, in that realm. So I'm hoping to do that, um, hopefully next year sounds good sounds good
0: i always think fixed gear is definitely an extension of your your personality and how you build a bike if you if you get into it if you get that little hooked feeling when you first build something of your own and you put it together you you put the you know how simple it is and you realize how simple it is and you start to like look at other people's bikes, other, other inspirations from whatever. And you, you start putting little bits on it and it's just a little extra. It's an extension of, of yourself and, and riding it feels, part, feels good to you. It feels, uh, gets you going. And, uh, that's what I've always liked about fixed gear as well.
1: I think it's, mm-hmm. it's interesting how kids today's are getting into fix gear.
0: Different to when we got into it. Yeah.
1: Yeah exactly um I, I kid you not last time uh, i was talking with one and and I, I don't know at some point he was talking about his bottom bracket creaking a little bit making some noise and i was like oh what do you run is it is it a square taper or is it something else it's like what is a square taper they don't know that you know there is uh before direct drive everything square taper was there <laughs> and i was like yeah. you know the that ancient thing that we still use square taper it's like all oh, right, right yeah that the the cartridge thing is like yeah the cartridge thing yeah
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> well it's it, it's kind of funny you say that because um i i met, like i've been producing um an oem version of a square tapered crank that kind of resembles a Cegeno 7.5. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just a really good product. And and I, I, I think it's perfect for people who are getting into it. Um, but in saying that, like I really t- took for granted, like how difficult it is to get that right. Um, so I've had a few customers um, have some issues with installation error and cross threading bottom brackets and not tightening up their tapers they're actually cranks <laughs> now onto the taper, and that, and, and and I've only been selling these cranks for like five months, and I've already had maybe three of them. So it's really? it's pretty funny, yeah, yeah, it's pretty funny, and I I think it just really highlights, um, how much I need to put more work into educating people on what's required in, in, in that regard. So you know, plenty of grace, correct talking, uh, and also to teach people that. It's never set and forget um, with, with fixed gears. And I think you guys would probably relate to that in the yeah. sense that oh, like yeah. you, you put a bike together, it, like do not expect there to be no teething process with that piece of machinery. Um, you know, yeah. a road bike is the same. Um, you can spend two hours, three hours building a road bike to the best of your absolute ability, but the customer will always be back. Um, for something <laughs> yeah. for a little little tweak or a little tune up, even if it be small, so it's
0: just everything beds in for sure. You you, you mm. can go out down a couple of street and back, and, and half the things can be loose, even if you've over tightened stuff, especially on a brand new build. Everything needs that time to. Especially on in.
1: like a bottom bracket, like a tapered bottom brackets, where you need to tie things tight, but not too tight. I mean. And there is a really, really fine balance on some parts uh, on on a Fusier and a bike in general uh, that if you don't know, I mean, it would be really, really hard to find the information somewhere. Hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Tutorials, I think, are a good idea.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, I, I think it needs to be done in a way that's quite like, like we've all got such nice cameras and like. I feel like there's a lot of this information available for, uh, road cycling through park tools and GCN and, you know, so so on, but I'd like to consolidate it into, you know, the one kind of little spot and really try to educate people. Um, I find myself to really enjoy teaching people on how to fix stuff. So, um, I'm thinking about also running like a little track bike maintenance session at our local track club. Um, just to sort of educate some of the juniors on uh, correct torque settings, removing chain rings and changing ratios and just, just mm-hmm. the little sneakily bits. Cause like, it's easy to remove a cog. But it's easy to fuck that up really bad. Oh, um, yeah. Like, holy shit. Like, they, and, and even for me, like I reef the fuck out of those things um, to make sure that they never come off because, yeah, um, you know, cause I just, you know when you're skidding down a hill that's your fucking lifeline so if that shit slips you're fucked um so yeah but then in that same light like some people just put it on too tight and they just never get it off and you have to get it in a vice and it's just all kinds of fun so i mean yeah. those type of things are pretty like yeah taken for granted i guess
0: <laughs> i think once you know what you're doing it's quite an easy thing but it can still fuck up so easily but if you don't know what you're doing, that's actually, there's so much can go wrong. Yeah. But putting, I build, I do a lot of builds here in Berlin for people who, yeah, I do a lot of wheel building for them and then do the complete build for them. And we'll do it after hours in the bike shop. So the, the shop shuts at either six or eight or whatever, and then they come in and it's all brand new stuff. And yeah, they, they they tried to help me out with a lot of builds, especially the younger riders. And they're like, oh, do this, do this. And I'm like, no, put some grease on that, put some anti-grease on that, put uh, some, uh, yeah. And then they're like, oh, really, on this as well? And I'm like, yeah, on everything. And then especially the lock ring, I'm like, uh, the the cog and the lock ring, I'm like, is it tight? And they're like, yeah, yeah, it's definitely tight. I was like, you put grease on it, yeah. And then I go and I put it against the wall and I tighten it and it's like, one turn more or half a turn more Shit. and you're like,
2: pfft.
0: yeah, yeah. Or a lot of the, yeah. I don't think people even know the strength to push or how mm-hmm. hard they can physically, if you haven't taken a bike apart or putting a bike together a few times, you don't know the physical, the the amount of energy you need to put into to, to tighten things down.
2: Um, I mean, yeah. how would you know
1: anyway, you know, how would you know anyway how, how tight is tight for especially something like exactly. a, a lock ring at the beginning i i wouldn't know i
2: feel like a fixie is a good place to start to to, to yeah. learn um you know those types of feelings about mechanical um repairs um like for for example like i've always been fixing my bikes like I didn't have like a father figure around when I was young uh, and I loved shredding my little 16 inch around. And so all of those repairs um, when I was sort of 12 and 13 were always hodgepodge doing it at home, trying to find the tools, borrowing the tools from a neighbor, you know, trying to find to find a way to patch a tube, you know, and I think if you missed out on that, you're really really yeah. missing out on like a really fundamental skill um, that can be applied to so many different aspects, and yeah. like over the years, I just developed this sort of like understanding about tooling and you know putting together bikes. I've worked in a, quite a few bike stores and stuff, but I can now honestly say that I, I can apply very similar methodology um, and understanding and, and tool skills to motor mechanics. And I've been doing all the mechanics on my on my Land Rover at home. And oh wow, um, yeah. So I've got got a little like Discovery Two um, TD5 diesel. <laughs> um turbo nice and, pretty cool yeah like i've yeah i've done a lot of work to the engine and a lot of work to the car I've replaced diffs I've replaced prop shafts and you know rotors and all sorts and put a lift in it and stuff and i would not know how to do those things if it wasn't for fix here like quite honestly um you just get confident with one thing and then it snowballs and i just think those like yeah. basic knowledges should be something that people aspire to have um especially in this modern specialist era where people tend to subscribe to one academia and then just mm-hmm. run with that until they get enough money to pay everyone else to do their work. But I just find that to be so unfulfilling. So, yeah.
0: But at the moment, there seems to be a big movement in terms of doing d- do it yourself as well. It's, it's quite a huge thing at the moment. And I think it would be a right time to, to start something more uh, editorial or teaching towards uh-, ca- uh bike mechanics, especially basics. I mean, basic shops stuff. are
1: closed, so of course, you need to do it yourself. Yeah.
0: Well, bike shops have stayed open. Yeah. That's
2: one thing. Yeah. The bike industry su- done pretty well.
1: <laughs>
2: I've kind of been supplying, I've actually been supplying like a full toolkit with every single frame um, that I've been I selling. saw, that's cool. Yeah, I saw yeah, that too. Yeah.
0: yeah, that's super cool.
1: Yeah, you can even choose the color of your tool roll, which is, yeah. which is great. <laughs>
2: yeah yeah that was a fun project like when you're sitting in lockdown and you're like waiting for frame production and you're just sitting there and you're just like ah i need to develop this more like i need to do more i've got nothing else to do and yeah then i just came up with this idea to order a bunch of really nice tea handled nickel plated Allen keys and you know give them away because it's a small amount of money into the margin but yeah, it's a huge payoff for the customer. Um, the uh, the actual downside to that is is that they tend to fuck with their bikes more, which means that <laughs> I become more responsible for those fuck ups, which I'm learning now. Um, but. Whatever, hey, like
0: bit, you told like, us we could fix our bikes on a road now. It's
2: ah, <laughs> ah, joke's on you, Derek. Like, mm-hmm. haha, yeah. I've over talked everything and under talked <laughs> at the same time. Like, oh, cool, man. <laughs>
0: Uh, do you mind um telling us a little bit about um how long it took from the first pro did you get a prototype or how long did it take from design to all the way through to actually receiving and selling
2: yeah good yeah good question and like before like in the early days of forever two wheels career i actually had toyed with the idea of starting a bike company um uh, and initially I had contacted some manufacturers about making some prototypes and actually have two prototypes um, that are floating around from 2017. Um, oh, wow. So, yeah, yeah. And were no, they're were they nothing like the current vectors. Um, they were round tubing. They were 6061. Um, they were tapered headsets with external bearings. Um, so it's kind of like the Engine 11 sort of style. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. yeah and that was called Vector completely different branding and I got into that and I just wasn't really I don't think I was mature enough I certainly didn't have the skills to do it. all all, all the financial um, backing to to give it a crack uh, and I'm really glad that I waited but like I don't know if any anyone else who's listening has experienced this same kind of like vibe from the first initial lockdowns in their cities but what i felt was just like a very like strong urge to just get whatever i wanted to do done right now like we're locked down i don't know how long this is going to go for Uh, and i just had a gut feeling um and i I just kind of got stuck into it um and i guess it's taken i started the process just before I was thinking about the process just before the first lockdown, um, for us. So back when the pandemic first started and then I started to develop the idea around the design and the design aesthetic. Um, a lot of the initial concepts were helped by my friends, JP and Roberto, um, who are two, um, guys living here, uh, from Chile. Um, like I had, all of the creative control over the logos and stuff, but JP is quite good with all of the little intricate elements and things like that. So we both collaborated really closely on, um, all of the details and yeah, I mean, we found a manufacturer, um, in Taiwan for the frames using, um, Chinese alloys and mm-hmm. we just sort of went from there and I wanted to make something a little bit more edgy, um, and a little bit more rigid, sort of like mm-hmm, straight mm-hmm. lines and, and, and that sort of thing. And I wanted to break the mold of what bike brands have been doing with the solid logos and things like that. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, then it just kind of got out of hand. Like we started with one idea and then it just it spiraled and spiraled and spiraled. And, spiraled and, that, and now I've just ended up sitting there just designing all the little products um, in lockdown uh, because had nothing to do and there was no social yeah so um if you want to see kind of a weird tunnel vision into my mind through the last two years then you can have a look at sort of all the little things that are hidden within the site um and the somewhat political ideologies that i've kind of intricately hidden uh within all of the copy and wording um because i think that if you know what vector means, it means fighter. And I think that we need to fight, um, not in a, in in a violent way, but we need to fight for our rights. We need to fight for equality. We need to fight for, Mm -hmm. um, you know, our communities and, and, uh, we need to fight for knowledge and freedom of knowledge and freedom of information. And I think the biggest, the biggest thing that's happening at the moment is that, um, dissemination of you know the things that i really um cherish about our world and so i think vector is a way of saying hey stop driving your car turn off the fucking tv get on your bike ride to your mate's house and have a have a beer so yeah it's kind of kind of the general gist of it
1: sounds like a good idea Very nicely said, Derek. I
0: like that a lot. I like that a lot. That's very good.
1: Um, Not going to lie, today's fixed gear market, uh, it is such a niche, right? Um, And for a niche, it's already pretty saturated. Um, When I saw that you were launching that brand, I was like, this is great that there is something new on, on the market especially if it's for you guys far east um how did um how did the kind of public answered uh to to the to that new brand because i was really happy that something new was hitting the market but i i can't conceive that a lot of people were like oh yeah but there's just one more and i'm and i'm not sure we need more at the moment
2: yeah sure yeah i mean it wasn't designed for everyone um and it certainly wasn't directed to be the next and it's not directed to to compete with scream and these global markets like i'm not based in hong kong and i don't have distribution networks that enable me to be able to send my units tax-free to all these different countries and (laughs) the 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 biggest like the biggest thing for me was that i wanted the stock here it needed to be in this country and i Mm -hmm. wanted to try and develop the community here because this is what i get get to play with um you know i don't get to interact with everyone except online in different countries, and yeah, it ruffled some feathers. Like, I, I I must admit, like people who who have been pretty hardcore here had everything to say about it. Um, but in the end of the day, like, if and if you you're trying to start a project of your own and you're worried about what people are going to think about you, just stop for a minute and think. You know, you're the one that's walking the walk you can just yeah. let people talk the talk they're just gonna end up you know being miserable anyway so it's just like people um like a friend a friend once said to me is like you can't poison people by drinking your own poison um and, and i think like that that's kind of the moral of the story is is that i just don't really listen to what people have to say about it um when it comes to negative import i take constructive criticism like i really want to develop the brand and do it justice and I hope to improve the product next time, and I want to improve the paint and the design, and you know, I want to continue. I think it's amazing what you've done, mate. Yeah. I think
0: it's absolutely inspiring and incredible what you've done. You, you've des- you've you've made something of your own, and you've made a fixed gear frame and products, and you've put them out to a market that doesn't have such a big reach, and you've brought it to a country where where import was an issue, and you've done that for the the, the Four people to ride and build the community. I think it's epic, mate. I really do. Ah, Good on you.
2: Thanks, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had to buy a shipping container. Like, I literally bought... Um, I had to buy the- <laughs> I, 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 I'm serious. Like, I, 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 I'm in a really interesting spot here where I live. So, where I live um, in Northcote, which is basically like this very, very crime-free kind of suburb. Um, it it's made up it's very gentrified now there's a lot of cafes and it's starting to get very trendy but it's quite family oriented and it's it's just a really chill spot but i got a really really big block of land that i rent uh, and i rent it privately um from someone and it's got a huge driveway and like i'm storing all the product here so i'm shipping it out from my house this isn't like like yeah This isn't sort of like this big operation from a warehouse where I have multiple people working on it. This is literally just me at home. Um, I've got literally uh, 50 frame sets in boxes sitting above my walk-in wardrobe in my room inside (laughs) the house. And then I've got like, you know, the rest of the stock stuffed into a 10-foot shipping container, which I got a guy with a crane to literally lift uh, into place because I just didn't have any storage left um, in my shed. So I've got a little workshop that I made myself um, in a carport garage at the back, uh, and then yeah, I've just got a little bungalow um, that I uh, that I've been using as an office. So it's it's been really busy two years. Like I've been running around here, and I love my little house, and <laughs> like I love uh, being able to work from home a bit. And I've had to drop down from full time to part time work at the store that I work at in Richmond called total rush and just to try and make room for all the orders and all of the customer mm-hmm. service and stuff. Cause I'm doing everything from the photography to the customer service. And, um, yeah, it's been a burnout, honestly. Um, it's been hard, yeah. but I'm just going to keep my finger on the pulse and hopefully, um, people are going to support it and yeah, hopefully I can sell some frames overseas as well. And for those listening, like if you want a vector bike, like I know how much the import tax is um, and I know how much the shipping is, but just reach out. Like I'm very reasonable. I want to make sure that people in other countries do have access to the product for a reasonable price perspective to their economy. Um, And like, it's kind of role reversal because people here have always really struggled to get um, bikes in and there was always expensive shipping and, it's always been really hard. But now, you know, if anybody wants to support us, hell yeah, like send us a DM, yeah. send us an email. Like I will try my best to put it down as, you know, no like no import cost or whatever to try and help you out. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't want to do the full dodgy, but like, you know, if I can get some more frames out there to people um, and people want to support it, like I'm Sick. really happy to facilitate that. So,
1: I got to respect that, man, because... At the very beginning, yeah. probably like six months ago when you first launched uh, Vector, I was podcasting with Fabian and we were doing the, the pre-show like today. And I was like, oh, yeah, there's that new brand coming out. And um, Fabian and I were like, OK, um, what do this brings to the table? Is this uh, does it bring anything new or is this just one more aluminum frame? Um, to between others right and i was happy that something new was hitting the market like i said you but i could also see the criticism um and really fast i was like wait it's only one dude doing that from like the design and reaching to uh companies obviously to produce everything and then Having a stock here in Australia rather than just having them into like a warehouse um, in 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 Taiwan and having the orders directly go from there and shipping them shipping them from there, um, mm. like to any level you have to respect that uh, because this is a tremendous amount of work. I know how hard and incredibly painful it can be to deal with asian companies uh when you want your product to be that way and they're like okay but we'll tweak it a little bit no i want it to be that way and yeah yeah, just you just gotta respect that i'm i'm really impressed that you did all of that Uh, on your own (laughs) i I
2: appreciate that and like like the thing is with like The market at the moment you can't reinvent the bloody track bike like
1: no there's like
2: alloys alloy like it's a fantastic platform for any bike alloy cross bikes alloy whatever sure uh it's price point available for people so people it's accessible it's um it's strong it's consistent like the amount of ti frames i've seen crack is phenomenal so just alloys just so robust and it's also very sustainable. Um, so I just, I think, although like, sure, like I'm not doing anything really different to Dawson event or scream or engine 11 or some of these competing brands, like, and kudos to them. Like they've been making a great product. They do a very good job at what they do. Um, but in hindsight, like we don't have that here. Um, yeah, yeah. 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 I think you and, are doing
0: something different. Yeah.
2: yeah. And I, I, I also, I want to sell completes and I've been selling a lot of completes to people. Um, And because people getting into the sport, um, they don't necessarily want to have to source all the parts themselves. Uh, And then the second thing is when, when someone pulls a vector bike out of the box, like I have literally built that shit, like to the best of my absolute ability. Like if you order brakes, your brakes are dialed and and, and aligned perfectly to the rim. And I've pulled the rims out of the bikes and, or pull the wheels out of the bikes and true them all and make sure that they were assembled correctly. And like, I just I t- try to take a lot of care in making sure that when you do get your bike, that, you know, it's, it's working. It's, it's absolutely hard. on point and it's been yeah. built by you and you, you've exactly, looked at it, yeah. you've, you've checked everything. Yeah. 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 yeah I'm into cause that. Cause I work with a specialized store. Um, we work, I work in one of like the biggest specialized stores in the country and like, we have a pretty high turnover and like, I actually have them to thank, or, I have Total Rush to thank for developing my attention to detail. Um, yeah. In terms of like the way that we put out S-Works and the way that we put out high-end road bikes, like the same level of detail I'm um, applying. Yeah, 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 That's worth like literally one-tenth of the price. Um, so, I. And, and it's and, a hell of a and, lot and, of yeah, attention to detail. Well, you just have to, man. Like, like yeah. people want to have a good experience with their bike. Um, and I'm just hoping to be able to. Develop that customer base, um, and then hopefully move into an actual physical store um, next year or late next year.
0: Because the amount of times that you know this is the, the you can pay the four, five hundred, six hundred euros for a six kU or a shitty, shitty single speed, and you know, or you can buy an internet thing for three fifty, four hundred, and you know the bar, the the, the handlebars like is a downer not a riser because they haven't set them up. The levers are like sticking up, so you're going to break your wrists and the brakes aren't dialed in. The wheels are already not true because they're factory-made cheap as fuck. It's, it's like if you can show the quality of components, the quality of putting the bag together, the, the, that gener- not that generosity, but that, that amount of time and effort, that and, and you keep that cost price at something that's actually not overly killing the customer, then I think you've, you, you're on the right way to go in terms of how to push fixed gear generally and how to get a loyal customer base.
2: Yeah. You've got to select the right componentry as well for an entry-level. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, there are some things that, like, I mean, you, you guys would know and people who are into trick, track and all of that will know that some things matter and some things don't. Like, it doesn't matter whether you have an ambi-stem or a Thompson-stem. Yeah. Yeah. But it does matter if you have decent rims it does matter yeah, whether you have a decent yeah. frame decent forks a decent saddle um you know it matters whether you have decent straps and decent pedals but it might not matter so much how dialed your cog is because you're just going to be whipping that shit around anyway like yeah so, yeah. yeah and that's kind of why i've gone for like a you know like a cnc alloy cogs and super lightweight and you know they're just, what, they just that was a good
0: question what are the what are the products are you selling
2: yeah, so... Um, and brands. I to, oh, yeah. I mean, it's slowly, slowly developing and I'm, I'm trying to get more boutique brands in like as we kind of develop the site. Um, but the brands that I am getting in or that I have it on there at the moment, so I've got a couple of products from Vector. I've got Vector AL cranks. Um, so they're just basically square taper cranks and I've got some cogs to match those as well and lock rings. So they're just a uh, 70... 5 five T6 heat treated alloy CNC machined cogs. They're really, you know, they're really nice quality. They don't last as long as steel, but um, in my opinion, um, people want to swap their ratios um, quite a bit. And because alloy is a little softer, you get a bit of more, a little bit more of a quieter and a smoother ride. So I quite enjoy that aspect of alloy cogs. Uh, and then, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm selling some hubs, which are basically kind of like a Novatech style hub. I think they really hit the you know hit the market for a good starting wheelset that's going to last you for ages and is fully serviceable. Mm-hmm. With, you know, replaceable bearings and standard mm-hmm. ten millimeter, nine millimeter track nuts. So none of these weird like you know imperial system threaded axles where you're going to get into trouble trying to find the right. Thing so I'm trying to select products that people are going to be able to easily get their head around um, and and to help people get into it. So that's why we've got H plus Sun um, on there as well because they're just a really good starting rim and very economical. Uh, and then yeah, I've just got in Rotar, um, which yeah. is pretty cool. And that they're doing some modular crank systems and um, I've got some Mavic Ellipse wheels up there. And what else have I got? um, Izumi, Um, and yeah, I'm just sort of slowly, slowly building up the list. And yeah, I really want to get some boutique stuff in there as well. Like, um, uh, we've got ruck rack, uh, recently as well, which has been doing absolutely phenomenal. So ruck rack is a, um, brake mount fork, um, dropout mount stainless steel racks. They're made in, uh, in central Java um, really small Mm. factory uh, and they've been incredible to work with. And those guys are, you know, making some really high quality stuff uh, for a really good price. And I think I've, I've got also um, some Victoria and continental tires up there as well. So yeah, it's, it's a long process. I I, I don't have a lot of um, equity to work with or a lot of capital to work with. So um, I have to be very careful um, with, with what yeah, i
1: select that's already a good amount though like yeah, someone yeah, yeah. that wants a complete uh vectors for example i want to upgrade it a little bit uh, you have everything he needs or she or she
2: hey or she I, like i think i'd like to get thompson um and i'd mm. like to get a bit, bit bit more nice nicer selection in the cockpits and things like that and i w- want a bit more um things that you can customize the bikes with like some like i'd love to get some arm chain rings i'd love to get some altar like i'm really not prejudiced as to where the origin of the the product is as long as it has attention to detail in terms of its um intended use and the way that it's been designed so i'm trying to you know if 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 you are a manufacturer and you do want to stock some stuff on here like i'm all ears because anything new that i can get it's going to be you know, super exciting for the community here and like it's just such a wasteland out here for bike parts so <laughs> it's mm. like anything cool that we can get here it's going to get people hyped um, one really big brand that I've been working to get some products in is Lazarus so big shout out to Lazarus um, if you ha- don't know the brand like they're a Ukrainian company um, they have immense attention to detail in the way that they machine the products and the way that all of the little smaller um, dust caps and fixings and bolts and stuff have been made. like They're just beautiful hubs and I'm really excited to build more wheels um, from them as well. So, yeah, I also am doing carbon uh,
1: wheels. Yeah, wheels mm-hmm. I've in- seen that recently. Yeah. Uh, do you custom made that yourself?
2: Yeah, I do actually. So um, I do a bit of wheel building um i have been making some track wheels for the indoor velodrome so like 60 mil deep with 20 24 um spoke counts Mm -hmm. and then and then i've also been doing uh the vector ellipse um eclipse wheels and the basically the idea of that is is that they're high spoke count carbon um and I really enjoy riding carbon on the straight um, brakeless. Uh, I just feel it gives you just this really meaty kind of feel, um, mm-hmm. especially um, if you go for like stuff that's 50 or below, like 90 and stuff just to me just seems and feels very over the top and just makes a very, very crazy sound when you skid. And I'm, I'm not about that, um, <laughs> but I like, I like the lightweight feel of like a 45 mil carbon with a really wide profile. Um, obviously in road cycling we've seen a lot of changes in terms of um, mm-hmm. rim internal diameter um, affecting tyre rollout and I, I think that's really yeah, important for yeah. fixed gear as it is kind of your traction so um, yeah. I've got some uh, 45 millimeter wheels available that have uh, a 26 millimeter internal width which allow for a really nice rollout um, on a 28c tyre or a 25c tyre um, and that coupled with Uh, you know, a three cross lacing pattern on 28 hole, I think is just such a bulletproof and a long-term investment for someone who's going to be riding fixed brakeless and doesn't want a precarious zip 24 hole rim that they're just going to explode in like, you know, half a year.
1: Yeah. (laughs) 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 I feel that. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah but you guys you guys are pretty practical with your bikes like i mean it's all um dt swiss or like something you know a little bit more robust especially for the tricks and stuff so but um, i know yeah, there's I'm, a few yeah. guys in the scene in berlin that have some pretty crazy bikes so but <laughs> i'm sure they're not doing keo spins or fucking you know yeah of that
1: you would hope so. Yeah. I mean, you well, would be surprised with how little... I mean, you don't need that many spokes to do kill spin, at least on your rear wheel. Yeah, maybe no, not a no, Maybe more not, like, a, like a 180
2: half cap yeah. or something like yeah. that. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
0: but but, not too many kills either. It's
2: still a lot of stress. It is still a lot of stress. Oh, man. Like, we got a writer here. I, I know you guys know who he is. Uh, ADX proof. And, and shout, shout out to Rob and shout out to Ray Max Rob. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Max and Rob are just yeah insane. I love those guys so much. Yeah, just dude, to see. prodigies, yeah. prodigies. And yeah, Rob's talented not just on the fixed gear. He's just he's the type of guy that like I roll up on any bike. Like I'll roll up to the hangout like on my gravel bike, and I'll be like, "Yeah, I can do a track stand. I can do like a one eighty endo." And I'm like, "Yeah, cool. I'm hell good at riding my bike." And he's just like hey, give me the bike. I'm going to do some tricks. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, Rob. And then he just like manuals the fucking thing like forever and then does like a nose like bonk off something into a 180 and then like half cabs out. And I'm like, that's a $10,000 gravel bike, man. Like, I was like, can you just take it easy, bro? And he's like, whatever. But yeah, he's just so talented. He can ride any bike. He can wheelie any bike. He can jump anything. And yeah, he's just been doing it for so long. And, um, yeah, I've been
0: so influenced by Rob, to be honest, yeah, since I started tripping. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he's such been he's such a nice guy to, to watch as well. He's always yeah. smiling and always buzzing. He's so and dedicated. always dedicated,
2: yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't I ride with him enough. Him. Like we live, we live very um, secular lives in the sense that like, mm. he's just the type of person that like, like Rob don't ride with you. Like you, you ride with Rob or you don't ride with Rob. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like
2: quite, quite, quite literally, it's like going for a ride. I'm like come or don't come. I'm like okay, fine. I'm not coming because I have this other plan already. Like <laughs> it's just like it's just hard to link up with him sometimes. But yeah, you know, I, I really miss him. And um, yeah, we we still hang out from time to times. Um, but yeah, I, I, I have see you guys tricks, Yeah. So
1: one more question. Um... That is a bit more white, but as today as um a brand owner, um what do you think about the, the fixed gear culture and the fixed gear community as today and the way it evolved and from like the past, I don't know, like five years I would say? I,
2: I, I think that all things ebb and flow. Um and I think trends always come back around like fashion and things like that. And I think we're at a bit of a point where we've just had so much growth um, and now it's tapering off a little bit. And But I think it's gonna come back. Uh, and I don't know what it's gonna come back like, um, especially over here in Melbourne at, at least. But it's it's been crazy. Like I've been watching this Instagram stuff since 2014 and watching it kind of develop from this messenger-esque kind of vibe, um, narrower bars, you know, more like grounded kind of tricks to something much, much, much crazier. Um, I didn't think that alloy track bikes were going to be so fucking strong. Like, yeah, were doing some crazy <laughs> shit on alloy. Like, what the absolute hell. Like, in fact, I would arguably say that steel is more precarious um in terms of bending and things like that from what I've seen uh, from Rob and and other and other writers so I'm just seeing uh I guess the progression of that and um, it's a big shame that red hook crit has sort of dwindled out um and I think that was a huge influence because of the major sponsors and stuff like that and mm. we're competing with I guess more ba- like less bandwidth of people's attention and I think that that's what we have to start thinking about. Um, I think if people who are really influential in the fixed gear scene want to see it develop, I think that there needs to be more talks with larger corporations to get more cash injection for mm-hmm. actual proper events. Um, I think that there needs to be global events. Like it's hard to do it at the moment. Like, and I obviously realize that the lockdowns and stuff. But at least in Your own city, if you can get more local businesses on board to try to spread the word about fixed gear and collaborate with local cafes or bars or restaurants or local stores, local creative companies, and things like that, like I think that that's going to expose more people to the sport. And I'm really hoping that that's going to, you know, push it because the social space and the online Instagram shit is one thing, but the real the real count like the real thing like the real important thing is that people are actually riding, and the community is actually yeah. buzzing and the actual physical gatherings of people are happening um, because that's where the friendships are made and that's where the bonds are made and that's where the actual endorphins are really running from so I think that that's what needs to happen more um, mm-hmm. I certainly want to put more effort into that over here um, and yeah I mean it's developed definitely for the better um but i do kind of miss the vibe that you get from the old time mac of Ramah, mash kind of era um people need to make more mashing vids like go ride some hills like definitely i, I, know, tri- I, tri- I, tri- I tri- want to see thing, some like i love tricks yeah like, yeah man, like where's the adventure like, let's let's fucking hit some some crazy hills it's like just get, get yeah, hit, yeah 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 get fit everyone oh. like, heavy, <laughs> i want to like see that bike, come back race. yeah the racing and the riding and the and the alley cats yeah. um that's really what gets me and and yeah i, c- I can can wheelie my bike like i i fucking love wheeling my bike who doesn't but um i'm yeah, really about true. riding riding fast and i'm challenging myself like i did a ride the other day um put up a thing like fixed hills anybody want to come and like i had like six people rock up and um it was 60ks a thousand meters climbing very punchy um hills out just outside of um where i live here out into eltham and into the hills in mount pleasant and i died oh yeah oh man and like and i'm pretty fit like i've been doing like some road cycling and i thought i was solid but i haven't done a ride like that for ages uh, and a few people came with me that were fairly novice um, and they they got through the whole thing first time riding on a group ride through probably one of the more treacherous rides that you can do on a roadie and they came out the other end fine um so if you're thinking about doing something crazy just go do it um and just yeah. sit on the couch for like three days after because like you won't be able to walk <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, and the shower after, so like the, the the rewarding shower.
2: oh yeah, <laughs> for sure. It was really hot.
1: I
0: need to,
2: too.
0: I need to take a bath after that kind of ride.
2: A bath, a complete bath. Yeah, I like to, yeah, I like to soak. Yeah, so put, my muscles. put a bit of magnesium in there, magnesium yeah, sulphide, yeah, yeah. get the muscles really, really chilling down on you. Yeah, put on some incense. <laughs>
0: Put some slow jazz on, yeah. yeah.
2: Really dim down the lights. Really yeah. get deep, get deep into those loins. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> no, oh, man, but like pulling a Gotta thing up a hill, like like it's like so glute, hip flexor, yeah, like it's heavy oriented, it, and it and. Once you look it up, you, you'll never stop seeing the paid advertising for it. But so right, the little like plastic lumps, they're like a little thing that you stick into your psoas muscle, which is just above your hips. And you can also uh-huh. use it for um, your abs and you can also use it for your hip flexes. If you're someone who does a lot of fixia and you're getting lower back pain and you're getting issues with that, try stretching your fucking hip flexors out. And this uh, little like plastic thing that you lie on and you kind of like release that muscle has changed my fucking life. Like, oh, oh, really? man. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, especially for, for, even for fixie tricks, like you're twisting your hips up so much and it's quite explosive. And Cause
0: I've everything. got really bad um, flexibility and movement in my hips. I really struggle. Yeah. I stretch it out every morning, but some just of the stretches enough. I do just don't quite get there.
2: Yeah. So try, try the SORAT right, P S O. R I T E and like
0: Paul, can we put a link to that in the, in the in yeah the definitely
2: yeah I like a hundred yeah. bucks um but like if you've got a little spot in the lounge room or you know in your little yeah yeah, yeah. or whatever like it's good to just sit down and give your body a bit of a stretch out like I because I've been training for road and and uh, track cycling and stuff like I'm always sort of mucking around with different ways to try and yeah, man. Like, be able to do all the different disciplines and. Like fixed gear always gets me right in those particular muscle groups, and it's <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah, hip flexors, psoas, and um, yeah, my lower back gets very sore from it. So
0: good to know. Okay.
2: Mm, pro tips, hey.
1: Good yeah. tips.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Thoughts? and I think I just I just want to. Ask maybe one final question: Is um, so with vectors, we've seen the the Genesis frame, and you told us maybe about opening something like a, a real a real boutique store um, uh, next year. Um, what's next for Vector and the brand in general?
2: Well. Like, if I can get it to the point where I can open up a store, like, that would be really cool. Um, yeah. I think it's, that adds a lot of value to be able to have a customer-facing um, space mm-hmm. and I really want to do it right and make it, you know, really, you know, nice in there. And I've got some really ideas, really good ideas for that. But in terms of product, um, I, I, I think I'm always going to have the genesis as a as a product. Um, and then yeah, hopefully, uh, expand into something a little bit more high end. So hopefully using either Reynolds or, um, or Columbus tubing. And then I also Mm. want to direct my attention to some of the other markets here that have really, um, been, uh, popping off like gravel, um, and road. So it would be nice to make an alloy road frame um with carbon forks with uh direct mount disc uh and integrated cabling so that that would be not fully integrated but like
1: sounds like a um, really really seven. precise idea already yeah
2: <laughs> yeah well you know like i'm into road cycling like if people follow my page i'll see that there's like you know probably 20 percent fixed gear and the rest is like road or gravel and i just think that the next natural progression from fixed gears is more yeah, gears. definitely um yeah especially if you're riding <laughs> distance and like like yeah i'm just i'm not i'm not like judgmental of like i'm not like a purist um anymore um like if you've ever bombed down a road a hill on a road bike at 80k an hour like it's Probably the most fucking liberating thing that you can do to yourself is just yourself <laughs> down, <a hill, laughs> down a hill, like in the drop bars, in like some sexy ass motherfucking lycra. Like it feels good, I feel like superhero. So <laughs> go try it. Like you can do it on a fixed gear, but there is like a limit to the yeah. distance that you can travel and the speeds that you can go. So I think like fixed gear is very very good at teaching you the fundamentals of riding. Um, it like I. Like my skill sets on the road bike and and in track racing have been enhanced by my street riding um, for sure. And I yeah. think like other yeah, people yeah. can say that. They've experienced the same thing. Um, but yeah, like hopefully develop some products for those markets um, and sticking to alloy because I just think it just lasts forever. It never corrodes. Um, you know, it's easily recyclable um, and, and, and steel's just really hard to make um these days the raw materials required to make steel tubing is, is immense so and that's why everything's made from alloy these days
0: well i think uh i think you're on the right track and i hope to see i mean i, I it seems like you're definitely on the right track i hope to see vector by grow um and i hope to see more of it uh wish you the best with it derek it's really really good what you've done really impressed and inspired to be honest uh yeah I hope it grows
2: thanks thanks Rob thanks Paul. my pleasure
1: yeah no i really I really hope too and it's nice to have uh more people that wanna take their time, take their personal time into selling quality stuff is something that yeah I think it's 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 how uh businesses are gonna work from uh, today you know for me, it's really the future small companies making quality stuff
2: for sure i mean i guess in in some graphs if you're going to boil it down to like a simple thing like countries like taiwan and china are you know moving out of the third world um and you know because of that they're able to facilitate some pretty high-end products and i guess leveraging that trade um like there's nothing wrong with that um yeah. And if it gets people creative and gets people moving, then yeah, that's great.
0: Sounds good. Sick. Yeah.
2: Well, right, guys, I, I, um, I'm fucking done. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. I guess, uh, this is all the, all the time we have for today. Brilliant show. Yeah. Brilliant. Really good show. Um, Like usual, everything we discussed today uh, is in the show notes on the blog, SlowspinSociety.com. You'll also find the suggestion box where you can tell us what we should talk about next in the podcast. You can find us on our Discord server. The invite link is also in the show notes or with our Instagram accounts at SlowspinSociety at KarenZay.co. For you, Derek, you want to plug maybe vectors in your personal account?
2: Yeah, sure. So my new account name, which I managed to nab, is Derek V Rebel, um, and you can follow me on Instagram. Uh, Vector is V-E-C-H-T-E-R, vector.com.au. If you want to check out FTW Crew as well, which we'll be doing stuff again uh, in the future, so FTW, C-I-W, and yeah, check out Burns Brigade as well. Have to shout out one of my best mates, uh, and ADX Proof, Max Fixed. And, you know, all the homies. Thanks, all everyone.
1: The, all the homies will be in the show notes so you can check them out. Yeah. Um, sharing the podcast with your friends is, of course, the easiest way to support the show or by giving us a good review on the platform of your choice. If you get value out of the show, why not considering putting value back in either by supporting us on Apple Podcasts or by visiting patreon.com slash podcast to join the community we're pledging at any level we're going to access to the pre and after show which is around 40 minutes of extra content per week we are now at i think 26 patreons thank you so much for your support the music for the show is lovely swindler by amaria and the illustration was is by me guys it's been a really really good episode and i guess we'll see you guys next monday and we're gonna go on to the after show rob or direct one last word maybe before we go into the after show
0: uh no just a great episode really really nice i really enjoyed the whole conversation um thanks for listening everyone as always uh hopefully you enjoy it as much as we did and uh see you next week sounds good have a
1: good one see you next monday thanks everyone bye